Welcome to AIs and with Andrew and Jen, a podcast where a designer and a data scientist break it down and duke it out over how to create awesome AI experiences. Welcome everyone to the thankfulness episode of AI Zen with Andrew and Jen. I'm Andrew. And I'm Jen. And we're so glad to have you here. You know, Jen, this is my favorite holiday of the year. Uh, I really um, enjoy being thankful. There's so many good things in my life. And this time reminds me, this holiday reminds me uh, to be thankful, to be explicit of all the things that are going on. And and what better way uh, to celebrate that than to share it with with our listeners here. And I think we kind of owe it to them, too, because we we were a little scary in our last episode. So (laughs) good. Good for us to be to be thankful. So today we're going to go through uh, three points. Uh, point one: uh, ways that AI is improving our lives. Uh, point two: things that AI has made us more aware of. And point three: opportunities for the future. So let's go ahead and start it off with uh, examples of AI making our life better. Can you uh, in, enlighten the listeners here, Jen? Mm-hmm. Yep, I was thinking about this, and to be honest, I just couldn't think of anything that I was like, yeah, every day I use this little AI thing, and my life is so much better, Andrew. I just think maybe uh, maybe we're not there yet. Well, that, that hurts my feelings a, a little bit. <laughs> I know, I just the whole podcast, but I just <laughs> to be honest, maybe it's not... Maybe it's not Star Trek yet. Yeah, and that that's fair. We're, we're certainly not getting beamed up with with AI, but I think uh, there there are a lot of examples that that people don't even realize that hey, there's actually AI powering it behind the scenes. Uh, uh, for those of you who notice, you're not getting a spam anymore, uh, or not like you used to. That's that's a triumph of, of AI. Uh, yeah. the, the fact that whenever I type a message into my phone, whatever garbage I type in actually gets spell corrected to the words that I meant. Uh, uh, another another fantastic AI thing. Uh, another one that, that I kind of enjoy is uh, j- just the idea of, of virtual assistants. Whenever I go uh, to a to a site and oh, it's it's after hours, they're not going to be able to to answer the phone. But hey, uh, they may have a, a chat capability there. I don't actually know if it's powered by a human or or assisted by a human, but uh, with, with some. AI support, but I think that's sort of a, a triumph that these um, were able to open these new channels, and the some of them are so good we can't actually tell the difference. Okay, so that kind of all falls in the category of saving us time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Hey, I wanted to ask you about um, the. I don't know if you've tried out the new feature on iOS where you just kind of swipe your finger around the keyboard and it predicts what words you're spelling and you don't have to hit the space bar. Oh, even wow. if it's a personal name. I've not tried this. It's crazy good. I cannot type things on my phone. My fingers are too clumsy, but this thing works. We, we got to break it down next time. That one I would say maybe, okay, that's, that's pretty good. Well, I, I certainly think typing in your phone is something we can all relate to, whether whether or not yeah. we're swiping. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so Jen, how about some things that uh, we may not be hearing about or may not be using on a daily basis, but are still really fantastic uh, applications of AI? Okay. Well, I think a lot of us, when we 
started learning about AI, had big hopes that it was going to save the world. And now we're kind of thinking, well, are we using it to save the world or not? Um, Or are we, you know, making chatbots? And the truth is there are things that people are doing to um, save the world, but we just don't hear about them that often. So I did a little investigating just to share with all y'all what these things are, but uh, there are certainly many more than what I'm going to tell you about today. So let's just start off with uh, <laughs> featuring the the one from the people that employ us, Andrew, and keep us able to make this podcast. Um, IBM has a project called Green Horizon, and it uses AI to forecast air pollution, track pollution sources, and produce potential strategies to deal with it in China. So if you've ever been to China or you know people that have come back from Shanghai always with respiratory problems, this is pretty amazing. Absolutely. In India, yeah. In India, it's helped farmers get 30% higher yields by providing insights on how to prepare the land, um, applying fertilizer and choosing sowing dates. So it's helping the issue of hunger and starvation. Microsoft has a program called uh, Save the Earth, and they've dedicated $50 million to coming up with ways that AI can save the earth. So one of the things that they've done is uh, used AI to map ocean wealth to make better conservation and planning decisions possible. The Department of Energy is using AI to identify vulnerabilities in the grid, strengthen them in advance of failures, and restore power more quickly when failures occur. So if you think about all those hurricanes and people that are suffering because they don't have air conditioning or they don't have heat or you know they can't keep food cold, this is really solving that problem. Um, and then one last one. Google's using machine learning to predict when their data centers energy is most in demand. So like about what time of day is everybody going to be streaming rando videos on YouTube? And then they optimize the cooling that they're using to keep those servers intact. And overall, they've reduced their energy use by 40%. So I don't know why we don't hear about these things more. Or maybe there's just so much other noise going on these days in the news that um, it's there, but it's drowned out. But there's some really amazing stuff happening. And what I really like about those is the the wide variety of people that are being impacted by these. Um, just just picking on the the farmers example. Uh, so so you said to help save hunger and or to reduce hunger, and that's absolutely true. But think the farmers don't have to work so hard, or they're getting paid better for for the existing work. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. The, the, the the improvement in quality of life it's it's so many people are impacted by these things and and the the solutions like they're they're applying the fertilizer a week later or you know a, a, a week earlier whatever it's it's probably not dramatically changing what they have to do um, but it's just giving a little better advice about do it now instead of then and look we all win that's just just so cool it's really hard to predict ripple effects but yeah you're totally right that that goes out on so many levels and that kind of stuff is going to be more and more helpful as our weather patterns are changing and helping us stay on top of oh our growing season has moved therefore everything we do needs to shift out a little bit that's awesome So some other things that AI has made us more aware of, this is, I think what we mean is, you know, 
things that we didn't know we needed to improve on or that could be better that because AI is around now, we're like, oh, that, that could get better. So, Andrew, could you list out a few things you think it's doing for us? Absolutely. And I, I think the, the first one that comes to my mind is bias. And bias has existed forever. Um, it will continue to exist. Um, and I, I certainly don't mean to imply that we've solved bias uh, with, with AI. I would almost say the, the opposite. Um, but that the fact that we've been made aware of it and we really come into um, solving these problems with, with eyes open towards bias uh, and the responsibility that's put on us as we build a model, you, you know, m most of the AI solutions we, we talk about are, are in some ways scaling, right? We're, we're scaling expertise or, or knowledge or something else where another way to say the scaling would be amplifying it. Uh, and we do it to amplify all the good parts. Um, but that necessarily includes uh, the not so good parts as well. Uh, and and I think the discussions, the conversations we're having right now, we're heading in the right direction. Not that we're fixed, but again, just that we we always think about this, or or we're learning to think about this. You know, the the wide-reaching impacts our decisions can make. I think it's great that we're thinking about this early. You know, I think there's a really big irony in the whole bias issue with AI that always kind of um, turns my brain around, which is when, you know, we think about AI, where the instant reaction or one of the big reactions is, it's going to be biased against us, it's going to hurt us. And now we're realizing that we're using AI to recognize bias in our own conversations and data. And then we could take it a step further to uh, teach us how to be less biased ourselves. And so it's not, it's the very thing that we were afraid of was going to be biased against us is helping us become less biased against each other. Uh, absolutely. And, and hand in hand with, with bias is the, the idea of diversity. Um, and we've always, we've always said, look, d diversity is a good thing. And that's, that's been true. Uh, it's been hard to prove. Uh, but now, yeah. now we, for, for those who needed the, the, the hard data point, we sort of have it right in these, these models that are, um, are these AI solutions that are built with or without a diverse, uh, team building them, a diverse set of inputs, diversity in whatever phase you want to think. We, we see, look, the, the ones that were not covering diverse ground, look, they're not performing. Um, and the ones that, that are, are, are doing much better. Yeah, holy cow, that's a huge change. I don't know how long um, you know, we've had to try and sell this idea to clients to pay for, hey, you should expand your research out or, hey, we should be inclusive and diverse in our hiring practices. It's amazing to me how that's no longer a nice to have. That's a, a truism that if you don't have a diverse group of people putting their ideas towards how an AI is going to behave, what kinds of insights it's going to provide, um, you know, how you interact with it. It's, 
it's going to come out as being biased. It, it, you're immediately going to see problems with your model. And the best way for us to make sure that we are not seeing these problems with our model is to get as many different opinions from different cultures, different ages, different genders, different social backgrounds, every you know, element of variety you can have looking at what you're building is going to make it that much stronger. I love, love that aspect of it. And, and you know, the, we, we've been talking about the, these things in the, you know, with AI in mind, but really uh, these things are applying out of it. Cer- certainly as I build uh, you know, AI solutions and you know, we're preaching and bias and, and diversity and how to look out for these things, um, it's impacting my life outside of building AI models, right? And really thinking about how any other aspect of my life is, is affected by these things. Oh, or how I'm affecting others, right? Oh, all right. I redact my big naysaying AI hasn't done much for me lately statement in the beginning. You're totally right. It has completely changed my awareness of those issues today. And that's really a big deal. Like changing behavior. That's cognitive behavioral therapy. That's amazing. It's it's awesome. What can I say? It's awesome. You're you're totally right. I'm I'm, um, so, I'm so glad you're you're thankful now, Jen. I was really worried about you in the beginning. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm feeling much better. Yeah, you're you're welcome. You can be thankful for that. <laughs> uh, what about ethics? You know, diversity and bias are great, but they're all part of like a, that bigger ethics conversation. Yep. S- same or, or, or similar thing, you know, again, this is coming up in the beginning of, of a project. Um, when we're saying, hey, um, can we do this? Uh, we're also saying, should we do this? Yeah, that's something I don't know if um, everyone's aware of how many different ethics councils for AI are out there now. I mean, and big ones that we have them in the government, IEEE. Almost every major corporation has one. We have things like Open AI Council where corporations are coming together to have these conversations. There's a lot being done way in advance of, you know, when we're going to have the technology that would actually have a huge impact on us ethically. I feel like we're doing a really good, responsible job of laying the groundwork and identifying the problems before they even happen, which is important. And, you know, Jen, related to this, I I read something interesting on on Twitter. I forget who said it, but they said, whenever you see the the algorithm decided, you should actually replace that in your mind with people in power built an algorithm to decide Um, and to to make that more explicit. Now, of course, those designing the the algorithm, they need to keep this in mind that they are the people with power and and they are imposing this uh, on, on people and to with that great power comes the great responsibility. Yeah. It, so that's a lot of um, what we've been working on is how to get uh, ethics, not something as like we used to think about accessibility. It used to be like, Oh, that's a nice to have at the end of the project. We'll make it accessible to low vision people or hearing impaired people. But the first thing we're going to do is build the app. Now, with the design thinking uh, exercises that we're using for AI specifically, we're asking these questions from the very beginning. We're baking it into every um, decision that we make as we go from trying to envision what we're building to proposing it to executives to actually getting it on the ground and then GitHub issues. 
you know, we're already calling out. This particular feature could bring up issues with ethics, accessibility, bias, privacy, and those things need to be vetted with various departments before we move forward on it. Which reminds me about accessibility. I think, yeah, it's helped us prioritize and make accessibility solutions um, more creative and there's certainly more we can do now, but it's also like giving us entirely new tools for building accessibility. There were a couple I wanted to call out. So Microsoft has an AI for accessibility program and they're it's kind of like a, like a venture capital firm almost or like a startup uh, group. So they had a couple companies that I thought were pretty interesting. One is called uh, Zyrobotics and they're making STEM education and STEM tools accessible to children using AI. They have another one called the Open University that's building a chatbot to support people with disabilities by... Um, lowering the barriers to independent living that are caused by forms and processes. I mean, when you think about how hard it must be for people who, you know, can't see uh, to fill these things out and get through that process, gosh, that is awesome. Just such a simple, awesome solution. And then the last one was, uh, it's called Python Technology, and they've developed uh, like a wearable neural network. Um, that gives people who have neuromuscular disabilities like ALS and MLS or MS hands-free micro gesture based control of digital platforms. I mean, how often have we seen images and videos, the, the cart and the technology that Stephen Hawking built for himself to be able to work on computers? Imagine how much awesomer it would be to see him actually making tiny gestures with his fingers or with his arms or hands and actually being able to interact with the computer rather than having to, you know, poke it with a stick or, or wait for it to translate what he's saying. That's super cool and exciting. I, I think you have to apologize to the listeners. You told them in the beginning we didn't have Star Trek technology. That sounds pretty close. <laughs> That's super Star Trek. You're right. Everybody invest in Python technology. They sound pretty cool. So, so um, neat. So neat. Um, and, okay, so there's one last topic I know we wanted to cover towards the end, which is uh, AI gives us plenty of opportunities for the future. Take it away. What could it possibly do for us tomorrow, Andrew? Yeah, lot, lots of things. So the first one, just from a personal note, just building these AI projects and, and solving interesting problems. Uh, that's, I've had so much fun, uh, doing, doing that sort of thing. And one of the things I see, uh, with the customers I, I work with is that, uh, when they embark on an AI project, it actually helps them or forces them to get their house in order on, um, understanding what data they have or, um, what processes they're using, uh, et cetera, helps them organize what they have and review that, see how they can improve in the future. And, um, whenever you take a fresh look at things like that, and again, AI being almost just the catalyst here, um, lots of new and interesting things are going to be happening. You know, I never thought about it, but do you think there's going to be a ripple effect from all this you know, organizing and getting our house in order that we haven't even thought of that'll affect, you know, companies even beyond like getting their AI running. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and again, I hear from, from customers like, it's not that we didn't have this data before, but we didn't even know how to analyze it or didn't, we didn't know that we could analyze it. Um, a, a phone center might not know exactly what are people calling about precisely or how, how happy or unhappy are they um, exactly. We, we would have a rough sense, like I could ask you if you were working the phone bank and you could say, well, I think half the calls are about this and you know 20% are about this, but uh, you don't specifically know. Um, you, you have that gut feeling, right? Um, so we can figure out exactly um, what, what people are doing and, and when trends are changing, right? Um, you can, it's again, one thing to say, well, I think I'm getting more calls than this um, than, I, than I used to, but it's another thing to be able to tell, oh, that is definitely unusual and there's something we uh, can or should do to deal with it. Which is going to give us a bunch of new research on how accurate humans actually are versus how accurate they think they are. Oh, man. (laughs) Spoiler (laughs) alert, less than they think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I want to add on to what you said in the beginning there about doing AI projects and solving interesting problems. I, and I know it's not just you and I, I, so many people, we've met and talked to this year that are super have new energy uh, about their jobs and their roles and what the possibilities are. I think it's, it's, you know, given new life to a bunch of us that are are lucky enough to be involved in it. And it's going to continue to do that for more and more people. So I am very grateful for that. And it, and like you said, it's not just the, the projects, but more people are getting involved. There's been a democratization of the technology behind AI. Um, you know, you, you can go right now on any computer and grab a free instance of one of our AI services or other AI services, and you can start building things on your own. We see you know these these hack day sessions everywhere. There's there's a very cool project I saw ML for kids, right? And that yeah. stuff I didn't have ML for kids when I was when I was growing <laughs> up, right? And who knows what all these new what um, what new problems and what new solutions people are going to go after now that they've been given additional tools. Oh wow, that's a really cool point. Yeah. And speaking of kids, like the things it's doing for education and nonprofits and solving big world problems, like all of that is just, I don't know, it's a whole new, it's one big tool that just like exponentially levels the playing field up. Yeah. Speaking of leveling the playing field up, we already know, and we, you and I were talking about this earlier about it, bringing out new domains and new jobs. And we, you know, we randomly talk about AI is not going to take your job. It's going to create new jobs. But I wanted to call out specifically some new jobs that we're already seeing um, bubble up on our teams and in our organizations. Um, So there were a couple I wanted to point out, um, especially from the design standpoint, a transparency designer, someone who can look at Uh, the insights that we've designed into an AI system that the user is seeing and come up with unique ways of allowing users to look behind the scenes at what's actually happening, where that data came from, and and how um, much trust they want to give to that insight. I mean, right now it's really happening through progressive disclosure. You know, you say, tell me more, and then it opens up another window, and then maybe you see where the data came from and you click, tell me more again, and it opens up another window and you see the actual document. 
uh, tell me more again. And it shows you the actual number that it's citing, but man, there's gotta be better ways to do that. And that's, uh, I think almost like a whole new aspect maybe of, you know, data design. That's pretty interesting. Um, AI ethics is also bringing up new roles for organizations and teams about how do we evaluate the ethical positions, not just, you know, add it to our design thinking camp, but, you know, develop perspectives and keep track of what we're doing and and think about how it's impacting uh, the people that we're serving. Insights analysis is another great one. How do we actually find the most valuable insights from the data that we're looking at? And yes, this is a data analyst role right now, but I think that that role is going to expand to include more creative people so that those insights get um, more and more unique and valuable. Conversational brand designer is another role. You know, how do we you know, design the words that a chatbot is saying to make sure it's reflecting the values of the brand, the values of the company. That's an entirely new field. Um, AI education. I know, I think teaching, you know, other people in our fields about how to design for AI in my case, or how to, um, you know, do data science and machine learning in your case. Um, And even model maintenance, I think is something that's going to open up to more creative fields because, researchers, design teams are so close to the actual subject matter experts that are supplying the feedback about what insights they need, that that kind of lightweight model maintenance might become a new skill that's necessary on the actual product design team. Absolutely. And you, you know, you hear all the time about the, the explosion of data and, um, you know, it's, it's doubling every year or six months or, or whatever it is, right? As a matter of fact, I saw a presentation like if you put all the data on earth and you stacked it in dvd cases it would go to the moon like 24 times or something like that um and all that new data means look there's going to be a lot of work to do uh in gathering organizing preparing the data uh being data stewards as well as using that data and every single one of those things implies some sort of job um and all that work to do is is some sort of job for somebody to do so uh, I, I think that there's, it's a growth industry. I think there'll be plenty of, plenty of new things coming out of this. Yeah. So we're not just saying it, that AI is not going to kill everybody's jobs. We really mean it when we say new jobs are going to be created. In fact, they're already there. Absolutely. Well, I, I think that's a, a wonderful note to end it on uh, this, this thankfulness episode. We are so thankful to have you. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, you can catch us uh, on Twitter at Andrew R. Freed. Um, you can also get me there on LinkedIn. You can catch Jennifer Sukas on LinkedIn. Uh, on Twitter, we're at AIZen Podcast. And the podcast is also at AIZen with Andrew and Jen on LinkedIn. Please download the episodes and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a comment anywhere where we would love to hear from you. And thanks again, everyone, for listening. 